Father is good. God is good. Amen? Amen. Incredible. Well, uh, this is another week in John chapter 6. And so if you have your scriptures or whatever it is that you use for scripture, uh, find John chapter 6. And this week will be in the 51st verse. Uh, If you're tired of uh, John 6, I have good news for you. You've got one more week, and then, and then, we're, then we're done. So John 6, 51 um, through 58 this week. Let's go. I mean, what else is there scripturally? John 6, 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer uh, to the world, uh, sorry, and this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? That's a fair question. So Jesus uh, said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live Because of me, I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna, but will live forever. This is the word of the Lord. This week I've been thinking about purpose, Uh, especially as it relates to Ephesians chapter 4. Many of you have heard probably about the uh, uh, the fivefold strengths uh, and gifts God has given each believer uh, as listed in Ephesians chapter four. And this week I've been thinking a lot about, well, what's my gifts? What's my strengths? What's in other words, what's my purpose? Well, to be reminded, Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 says, now these are the gifts Christ Gave to the church some to be apostles. Can you fill in the blank? Some to be teachers. Some to be evangelists. You got two more. Some to be prophets. And some to be preachers. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, man. Maybe we should read it just to be clear about what it said. Now, these are the gifts uh, Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Um, I've been thinking about that. Uh, Someone once told me, in fact, multiple people have told me that they feel like I have the gift of evangelism. And uh, and when I first heard that, I was like, oh, cool. I, I like that. I get to travel and I get to preach. In a couple weeks, I'm traveling and holding a revival in uh, Maryland. 
on the border of West Virginia up in the mountains. Um, I like that type of work. That will be that will be great. But then as I got a little bit older, I realized I don't know if I want to travel all the time. Uh, revivals are kind of dying out in the church. Who goes to those anymore? So if I really have the gift of evangelism, what are these people saying? Are they wishing me a slow, uh, painstakingly, painstaking death in the church of Nazarene? You know, no one's having revivals anymore. So what does it mean? What, what is my purpose? If I have the gift of evangelism, if I have the gift of being an evangelist, uh, in my mind, I can only think of one role of how that of how that works. And so um, I've really struggled with this passage uh, this this week specifically. Um, I've been thinking about that and thinking, well, God, if that's my gift, I can you have it back? <laughs> can I get another one of these? I mean, my job is a pastor. Could I have that as a gift? Maybe um, teacher sounds fun. I get to wear the. The, the elbow pads and the blazer. That's what all teachers wear, right? right? And uh, I get to smoke a mahogany pipe and teach wisdom, right? Uh, I, 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 want, I want teacher. That's what I want. I, evangelist? No one. Everyone's weirded out by that word anyways. The fact I've used the word evangelism like five times already, you're freaking out. I can see it in your eyes. No one wants to be evangelist. No one wants to be evangelist. So I, I the Lord, can you just take that gift? Back. But if it's not the fivefold wisdom, we really are the fivefold gifts in the church. We really do this with a lot of things, don't we? Wanting to know what our talent and what our purpose is. I've got good news for you this morning. The good news is that God has an abundant amount, an internal amount of purpose that flows like a river that never ceases, never stops. The stream is endless. God's resources to equip you for your purpose is eternal. There's purpose abound. Problem, Jeff. That's the good news. Purpose. If you came into this room this morning wanting to know what your purpose is, there's purpose for you. An eternal amount of purpose. Bad news, Jeff. Uh, what is it? What, I mean, what is it? You don't have to raise your hand on this question. But if I ask you, do you know what the purpose is for your life? I'd imagine we get a few confident folks that have established that. And you are our leaders. I need you to lead me. Okay, This is fantastic. Then I think that there would be a few that would say, I think I know. Uh, and then there would be a few that says, ah, I don't have a clue, really. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to find it. I know I have talents for evangelism, but God knows I don't want to be an evangelist. So I'm trying to find how to use these talents. Or you might, you might be able to sing, but you're too shy to sing in front of people. So you're trying to find out your purpose. You may be an introvert, but you feel called to work with people. <laughs> And so you're trying to find out your purpose within these things, and you're trying to figure it all out. Who am I? You know, like, what am I? Where am I? These major questions. When am I? You know, like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? That's a purpose question. Where, where am I to go with my degree? That's a purpose question. And that's a question we ask. There would be people in this room that says, I have, I don't think, I, I don't think I have a purpose. You know? Unfortunately, there's a lot of people in our climate, in our culture, feeling exactly like that. 
But there's no purpose for them at all. Where, where should I be? When should I be there? What should I do? Why should I do that? These are all what? You tell me. These are all? The answer you're supposed to say is purpose. So let me say this again, okay? These are all a certain type of questions. They are purpose questions, right? And I feel like in John chapter 6, we see gathered around Jesus a lot of people asking purpose questions. Jesus, what are we to think of you? When are we to expect the Messiah? What will the Messiah look like? Where am I supposed to be and when are we supposed to be there? What am I supposed to do? What is the church to look like in these times, Jesus, great rabbi? Teach us, show us. But there's going to be one thing that we need if, if we're going to continue on this journey in searching for our purpose. Uh, we can't go on without I mean, we're going to die if we don't eat, right? Got to eat. So the purpose stuff is great, Wendy. I, I, I support you in your search for purpose in your life. But you, you, child, you need to eat, okay? How many times do our parents tell us that? You need to eat. The search for purpose is great, but Levi, if you don't eat, your search is going to end in three days. That's what they say, right? You can't go three days without food, can't go three days without water, seven days without food, something like that. You ain't going to be long, Donnie, in other words. You're in good shape. <laughs> Got some reserves is what you're telling <laughs> So just, if you would use your imagination with me this morning, imagine these groups, group of people all huddled around Jesus, wildly curious in what he's teaching. They have a deep question of purpose within them. But the present need is food. And I think the question rises up, okay, so Jesus, when are you going to feed us so we can get on with this search? Just, just go back and feed us like you just fed us. <laughs> just do it again. Just make sure that food's not a problem, and then we'll go find our purpose, and we promise we'll pay you 10% tithe in the blessing of your gift. Thank you very much. We will owe you our lives. We will inscribe it on the memorial of our flower garden that we leave behind to the church in memory of God's great blessing, Jake Edwards. We will give you all the credit, all right? And you will help us with taxes when we give you all the credit for what we've given. Just give us food so you, so you can help us get along with finding why I am here. What am I to do with these great gifts? Someone told me that I have evangelistic gifts. God, what am I to do with that? Please don't call me to be an evangelist. There's got to be another way, right? What am I to do with myself, my gifts, my intellect, my passion, my heart, my athleticism, right? Some, I can't say that. Others in this room are athletic, and they can say that. What am I to do with this? Just feed us so we can get on, get on with it. There's something curious about all those questions I just asked you, and you're a bright group of people. Anyone notice what the common theme was of all the questions I just asked? Yeah, who's the subject of all those sentences? I. 
out of all due respect of the incredibly bright, well-studied people in this room, I am not a teacher. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a mathematician. I still am. I am a preacher. And so it may be discomforting for those that come from other fields to start with God on all things because it will not be the way that your vocation trains you to think. But out of all due respect, I am a theologian, a cruddy one, but I am one. I'm a pastor theologian. And that is a sinful way to begin a sentence. Yes, I believe in the pursuit of happiness. But our culture has not given us any favors when the eye follows the object in every one, or follows, precedes the object in every one of our sentences. I deserve the right to be happy. That's bad theology. I deserve to figure myself out so I can find my purpose in life. Good luck. Bad theology. Yes. Yes, this is where self-care starts. This is where a lot of modern psychology starts. And psychology is good. It's not bad. It's, it's not a bad thing. Theologically, though, it could be critiqued. And I think, Darla, for the next ten minutes, this is what I want to focus on. I want to focus on the great sin of these people around Jesus. These are good people. They're just like me. They've given their life to religion and to the church. They, of course, wouldn't call it church in those days, but you know what I mean. They've given their life to the religious institution. These are good people. Let's stop thinking about them as the enemy. Let's stop thinking about them as giving the wrong answer. They actually probably gave the right answer. Jesus is the one that's wrong, and that's the whole reason why the gospel is counterculture. Jesus is the one that's wrong in this passage, and wrong happens to be what is divinely ordered. <laughs> Hopefully that moves you. Jesus is Lord is what I'm saying. But it's so easy for us to make enemies out of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. To say, oh yeah, we'll just say the opposite of whatever they said and we'll be good. No, 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 no. They're saying what we all say. They're gathered around Jesus and they begin their sentence. This is a hard saying, Lord, but what am I supposed to do with this? Feed me now so I can get on with finding my journey. of making sense in any way or kind of connecting here. The great sin of this passage, Maria, is that they start and end with themselves. I said this last week. I think I'm clearer in saying it this week, so I'm going to say it again. They start and end with themselves. This is the sin. It's the sin of self-centered purpose. Of finding your purpose by figuring it out in your own mind, intellect, and drive. Church is a fine help. They guide me a little bit, but I'm going to find my purpose on my own. Good luck, you're going to be really hungry along the way. 
And when you find that you can't, you can't find what you're looking for, you're turned back to the church, the very neat thing that has helped you along, and say, feed me, I need more of you. You're not helping me enough. Well, I think your search for purpose has to start somewhere else other than yourself. I imagine what God, I imagine what God's words were to these people around him. If, if God could come down from heaven and stand there, I'm talking facetiously here, and stand amongst these people. If God could just come down from heaven, obviously he did. If God could just come down from heaven and stand around these people, I imagine what God's conversation with these folks would be like. You're looking for the meaning of life? Oh, can you imagine exasperated God would be? You're looking for the meaning of life? As if life needs a definition. I just would imagine God would be like, you dum-dums. You want to know what the meaning of life is? I have already defined it for you, and I defined it in seven days. The meaning of life is the stars in the sky. What does life mean? The sun that heats you and warms you. What does life mean? The deer that run around you. What does life mean? The grass that grows cool underneath your feet. What does life mean? You. You are the answer. I created you. I breathe my own life into you. You bear my image. Everything in which you order, you touch, and you name is part of my creative decree. My very life is within you. And you want to know what the purpose is? You're the purpose. You want to know what life is? You are it as you relate to my created order. Huh. I feel like I lost you a little bit. I do want to let you know that what I just said there is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> the disconnect, though, is we don't live like that. That Starting with Eve, moving forward rapidly, we began to search for purpose ourselves. Surely I can be greater than what's been given me. I don't need to till the ground. I don't need to work. That, all that was gibberish. The serpent was right. Man, if I just take the fast track, boom, eat the apple, Take the quickest way to greatness, man. I could bypass all of this hands in the soil junk from 2.15. Genesis 2, chapter 15. I could bypass all of that. And so what does Eve do? She starts out for the search of purpose to find herself. And she can do it without God. Well, that doesn't go well. And then it's violence, right? Cain feels like he can find his vengeance in his own might. Well, that doesn't end well. He kills his brother Abel. Lot and his family, they feel like they can find their sexual identity if they just give themselves to promiscuity and freedom. No one tell me how I can use my body, who I am, or what it's for. I can do it all on my own. Sodom and Gomorrah is the story I'm referring to doesn't end well. <laughs> doesn't end well. And I'm not sure exactly what sexual ethic we can take out of that story and nail in stone and make sure our children abide by it. But I do know this, that all of our production will be sinful, 
if we try to find ourselves, whether it's sexual or otherwise, within our own heart. We will be wildly misled no matter who you like or who you date. The same goes for our search for happiness. It won't be long before alcohol is the answer because you'll find that you're not and alcohol makes you feel better. And if that ain't your thing, it'll be drugs or some other addiction. Maybe it's not. It'll be something, but you're grasping for the purpose of life. And you'll just be like Eve, really, grasping for anything. Because you were never intended to be the subject of the symbol. You were the definition of life. You were the answer. See, when God thinks about life, he thinks about Michael Bean. This is the whole switch that happened in my life this week. That when God thinks about evangelism, he's not thinking about evangelism in the way that I'm thinking about evangelism. See, the way that I think about evangelism, it's up for me to go figure out what evangelism means. But some sweet lady, sweet Bertha laid her hand on my back and anointed me and said, you're called to be an evangelist. And then now I've got to go out and find what that means. And if I have to leave that altar where God's word spoke through sweet birth and I have to go find what it means to be an evangelist, then I'm going to end up being some suited up dude (laughs) who preaches to churches that are dying, messages that are dying, all in my search to do something that's good. God kicked me in the rear this morning as I wrestled with this passage driving to church. And God said to me, Jake, you've got it wrong. I'm not asking you to think about the right definition of evangelism. You're gifted because you are the definition of evangelism. I've called you to evangelism because my answer of what is evangelism, it's you. It's Jake Edwards. Give all your life to me, and I'll let the world see what an evangelist looks like. So here are all these hungry people. If God could just give them food and they could get on with the journey and they could make something great about the nation in which they're leading. And what does God say in his son Jesus? You're looking for food, but I am. You're looking to have meaning, but don't you understand that you bear the very image of the creator in which created all things, that you are the answer. Just come unto me, dine with me, feast on me, and know who you truly are. See, there's something about purpose that you need to know, and and and, and this is like the last teaching point here, and then an analogy, and we're going to sing. Purpose before identity is sinful. It's good. It's good. You're all good. Everybody's good. Nobody's, everybody's good, okay? This is not a hell sermon. Everyone's fine. Purpose ahead of identity, though, is unfaithfulness. And if you lived your whole life that way, then I am scared of what life might look like for you for the rest of your life into eternity. Purpose ahead of identity is unfaithful. You have to first start. Identity leads to purpose. It's like this lamp, really. You know, you're going to have to use your imagination with me on this, okay? This is my trusty little Ikea lamp, okay, from, uh, from Ikea, from my office. I brought it out here because it makes a great coat hanger. Imagine 
All right, do you have any furniture in your house that has become a, that has become a coat hanger? Uh, treadmill, anybody? <laughs> it's kind of become the secondary hand, the hamper, you know, uh, the closet organizer. Um, uh, well, this, this lamp is, is that for me. It's got a nice little, you can see, I'm, I'm not making this up. This is a nice little collection of dust here. Um, it's a good dust collector. It sits in my office. And I wonder if the lamp can talk. I know it's going to get weird. Just go with me real quick. Uh, welcome to my ADD mind. Uh, you're invited. Uh, I wonder if the lamp could talk. If the lamp would say, man, I've been looking around your office, Jake, and I, you know, there's something in this office that's the same color as me, and I identify with it. We've started a Facebook group for our own self-esteem. I said, oh, yeah, lamp, what's that? He's like, your MacBook, it's got the same, we're the same color. We're the same, the same. I said, really? He's like, yeah, I, I really want to be a MacBook. You spend all your time with the MacBook. You, you know, I think you see me when you walk into the office, but not really. You rarely ever utilize me for my, for my talent. I'm not really sure what my talent is. I tell you, if I could be the computer, though, man, you spend a lot of time on that. I've been thinking, Jake, um, you use your stapler more than you use me. I'm thinking if I could just staple. I've been working on stapling. I've, I've loosened up my, my hinge here, and I've been going real fast trying to staple stuff. I'm unproductive. That's really ridiculous. You're making a sermon illustration of me now, and I'm very embarrassed. <laughs> All I want to do is find my purpose. I want to find what makes me me. I noticed that your friend Jake seems, he has such a wonderful voice. My voice is pretty mute. But I'm thinking that maybe if I could just, you know, find myself that I could find my voice. I just want to know who I am. How ridiculous is that for the lamp owner? How ridiculous is this conversation for the lamp owner? You want to find out who you are? You're a lamp. Come on. But I imagine it becomes hard for the lamp when he becomes a coat hanger. It becomes confusing for the lamp when she gets put up in a closet and collects dust and no one ever comes by to utilize her. They no longer see her as pretty. I wonder if she thinks she needs another finish. or I wonder if, if, if the lamp thinks that he needs to be stronger, you know, one of those lamps with four posts, real sturdy. I wonder if this lamp looks out there outside and sees the real lamps, the lamps that are being used for commerce in the city, the lamps that light the parking lot of Chipman Commons. And he says, oh, yeah, that's what I, I want to be like them. <laughs> oh, this is the silliest thing I've ever done, I think. And so I talked to the lamp. I said, man, listen, you're trying to find your functionality here, where you fit. And I think maybe you've lost your way. Uh, right? And then you go and you check. And you say, oh, I forgot. Yes. That's, ah, let me show you who you are. <laughs> I haven't tested this out, so this, the light bulb is probably broke. This will show you that I don't use this thing ever. There it is. It works. Lamp, don't you know? 
that you're not the same. I mean, there were several like you made in Ikea, but outside that factory here, you're unique. And you could serve the purpose of lighting someone as they sing, like your sheet music. You could serve the purpose lamp and maybe grow them big and tall one day and being out in the parking lot to help people see when they drive through the lamp. Don't you know that you could be a light in the sanctuary that helps me preach for a really long time? You could be a light on a car. You don't have to be a car. You could be a headlight on a car. Don't you understand, Lamp, that unless you are connected to the source, you'll never, ever be able to realize your talents and utilities. That You get your power from the light socket, and if you're out of the plug, you'll never be able to shine. You'll never be able to light up. You'll You'll be missing your functionality that you were created for one function, and that function is to give light. And you can do that in a myriad of ways. You do not have to be like every lamp. You can be a very diverse lamp, but you have one function. And unless you're connected to the source, you're going to miss that function. And you're going to do really good stuff. This is good. You're a coat hanger. You're awesome. You're doing great. You probably feel wildly unfulfilled as a coat hanger. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He created you with the source of life. And your talents are a myriad of gifts. You will not be like everybody else. God is not asking you to think about what banking looks like and then to go do it. No, God has given you the gift. The gift of receptionist. The gift of banker. The gift of concrete mixer, the gift of business ownership. God has given you a myriad of gifts. But you'll never realize the beauty and redemption of those gifts until you are connected to the Lord. What's your identity? Your identity will give you your purpose. If your purpose comes before your identity, good luck on your search. We're here for you. We love you. Unless you know who you are, you'll never find out what you're good at. Father, as we eat of you, as we drink in your wisdom, as we dine with you, remind us, Lord, that we are beautifully and uniquely created with your gifts and your talents. Father, bless this time of singing. Bless this time of eating. May we dine with you. In your name we pray. Amen.